never seen a lame man walk Never heard a dumb man talk Never seen a blind man see I promise you a pain Never seen a canceled death Never seen all the poor get fed Never seen a prisoner set free I promise you a change What's going on? It is time once again for the Big C and Bigger T Podcast. What's up, Big C? How you doing, Clint? And I am fantastic. You know, we were fortunate to have Patrick Kudis, the starting man, on the the podcast last week. Just a hoot. Um, Enjoyed having him. But I didn't get to really tell you about my traveling adventures. You didn't. I didn't. And that was one of the things, because I just come back, you know, when my friend Aaron, he said, hey, I'm going to go to Master Worlds. He goes, I'd ask you to go, but I know you're kind of winding down your competition. I said, well, you know, yeah, maybe, you know. And so so then we looked at going, and Anna's like, I think we could do it, especially if we drove. Mm-hmm. So, which was both fun and dumb at the same time. Yeah. It's like a 20-hour drive. You just drive straight there. We didn't. We went to... A couple of different national parks. Now, one of the national, one of the parks we went to, it was a uh, park in Nevada called Valley of the Fire or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's hot. Yeah. It, it basically says, it basically has a thing on the walk trail. Like there's a sign on it. And it literally says this, and I'm quoting, you might die. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, you can walk over here. Oh, goody. But you might die. Yeah. So anyway, that, that that a couple cool things. Like I saw some just wild rams just out dining. Just hanging saw, out. Saw some elk. Yeah. Had a my wife had a wild donkey come by, come up to him, actually stick the head in the vehicle at um at the family dollar somewhere wow. in the so that happened. But that's awesome. So we're driving back. We're about 50 miles to empty on the old gas tank. Mm-hmm. Just 50 miles. Just yeah. Just just a just a smidge of gas left. So we're like, all right, let's um let's let's I said, I didn't I don't really like losing town. Let's go to the next town. And then it's like, well, that's not as cutting it kind of close. So now Travis, you know me very well. You've known me for how many years now? Yeah, a long time. Long time. Like, Can't more, count that more, more than we care to mention. That's right. So Probably more years than you than you have been alive, but so yeah, or some of you, I don't know. You get the point. A long time, Travis. Do I have any patience at all? No, no, none. If there's a wait at anything, I'm like, no, we ain't doing this. Yeah. I get grumpy, old man, and like, yeah, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. So we get, so we go to the gas station, and like, you've got to pay inside. There's a wait at every pump. 
I'm like, there's a sign that said another gas station right over here. So we go there. It's spray painted on the side of the building, gas with an arrow. <laughs> so we, anyway, we end up, long story short, we end up going several, like, like out of the, like just crazy looking, Mad Max looking time, and there's no gas. Yeah. We pop a tire somewhere in there. Oh, got the back full. And this is Labor Day. You ever seen that movie Joyride? Yeah, I have seen Candy Cane. It felt like uh, like I was worried I was going to get got. So anyway, we we have to unload the back. I put the spare on. We have a donut. We're like an hour and a half from Amarillo, Texas. Maybe get there by morning. Sorry, I had to. I had yeah, to. Yeah, Amarillo I by morning. I was open to. Amarillo by 5 p.m. Yeah, yeah, same thing. We had to drive all the way from, like, I call it What the Crap, New Mexico. Yeah. On a donut. So we were we were just, we were scared till then. Because I was like, yeah. yeah. If another one of these goes, we're just screwed. Yeah, you just. There's just, there's no other way about it. I mean, we're just. You have to get that donkey to pull you. Yeah, but. Shout out to the Firestone in Amarillo, Texas. Great people took care of me. I did have to buy a new tire. Eh. Which, um, but we had to buy a new tire, had no choice. It was yeah, unrepairable. But oh my goodness, it is that that was a nerve, nerve-wracking experience. But nice to get home. Yeah, did get to see the Grand Canyon, did get to see Arches National Park, had a good time. So did y'all go to the North Rim. Uh, I I don't know where all we went. <laughs> um, was it desert around you, or was it what the Grand Canyon? Was it desert? Oh, uh, it was more. For, it was more forest. It was more. Forest. Okay, it's north around then. That's where I went. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it, it was definitely not what yeah. I expected. It was gorgeous, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, so. yeah. The South Rim is more desert around you, and then, yeah. and then uh, I think I've never been to the South Rim to be honest with you. I went to the North Rim uh, with my family, but that's what I've heard. If you go to the South Rim, it, it was man, it, it's a must see. It's just, Thing Joe Dirt, yeah. South Rim's Joe I, Dirt. I was, man, I felt I felt accomplished. Like you know, you always wonder what your spouse really thinks about you. Yeah, you really do. But when they have the keys, and they don't leave you at the Grand Canyon, <laughs> that's always uh, it's a dub. <laughs> yeah. That could be our holy snikes right there. Right there, right there. That, that Anna, Anna but didn't leave you. Anna had an opportunity to leave me at the Grand and Canyon. Didn't, and didn't do it. Didn't do it. You like, could have been left in a trash can like Joe Dirt. I'm still here. She could have stapled a mullet on your wig on your head and just <laughs> left you there. Used like You and Dennis Miller could have done a video, uh, radio interview in a few years. Uh-huh. It would have been great. Could you imagine Dennis Miller interviewing me? yeah Yeah. so so your family lived on a atomic bomb site (laughs) that's true folks that's true that's true i thought that was normal yeah that's right well hey uh speaking of holy shnikes I'm going straight selfish on this one. You told me you you like I'm, I'm going straight selfish. I'm like, I'm like okay, go you ahead. You don't even get a choice of what it's going to be. I don't. This is you don't this get a is choice. Basically, it's this right is here, a bigger tea podcast. This it's doesn't happen very often, but listen up, okay. Not only did the Bearden Bears 
win against Lafayette County, some dirty people down at Stamps. The only thing good down there is there's a meat market that's wonderful, wonderful steaks there. But they beat them 14 to 12. Congratulations, Beard and Bears off the schneid. This first win of the season, getting it early in the season this year. Going to build on that. I'm ready for it. Way to go, boys. Hudson, Hunter, uh, the rest of the guys that go to my church. Um, proud of y'all. But not only that, Clint, my Cleveland Browns are 1-0, beat those dirty Bengals, those dirty Bengals from South Ohio, and they're Joe throwing Donkey Burrow. Burrow's, Burrow's Spanish for donkey. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Put him on the schneid. Browns win. The Browns win. The Browns win. All is well in the world. All is well. The 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 Bears won. The the Beard and Bears. The Razorbacks won. The Browns won. It doesn't get better. Washita won. It doesn't get better, Clint. Now, and, and and just remind the people, if for the the people that don't know, who is the voice Beard and Bear football? Well, not this year. Oh, you're not. Okay, I'm not doing it this year. Yeah. Uh, well, like, I mean, I was the voice they, of Beard and Bears last year. They definitely upgraded. They did upgrade. I don't know who they got, but it's yeah, whoever it is. I mean, they they if they, they have a pulse, a, a trained orangutan. No, a, it's actually my buddy Jordan Nelson. Uh, he was my helper last year. He's doing it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I decided to set this year out because uh, with my new my, with my job transition, I'm not able to do the research and I'm not able to get off for away games like I was last year. And so um, because of that, I decided to to step down. A lot of it's the research. I, I don't like going into those without being able to call the coaches from the other team and stuff like that. And I wasn't going to be able to do that with my job this year. So. Anyway, but hey, Clint, listen, I've been a Browns fan a long time. Winning records don't happen very long and very the often. Defense, the defense looked amazing. They did. I mean, yep. you know, to hold Cincinnati to that amount of points is is no easy task. I mean, man, you know, the, the defensive came through for your team. You got well, think. and I listen to some podcasts from up there. And they really, I, mean, I don't know one cares about this, and I'm sorry, but just real quick. The talk is that if with the roster they have, because they have talent, they've done a good job of putting talent up and down the roster. It's not just, you know, a couple of players, not just Chubb. They got a good offensive line. They got a good defense. They got good receivers. They got, they got some good players that if they don't do it, Stefanski, I mean, they're, they're already talking about, possible Harbaugh and Dion up there <laughs> if, if they don't the fans are already calling into shows talking about that which I think that's one of their problems they've always had is they change out coaches too quick but no one cares about the Browns but besides but, me but you, you're crazy you know it's funny that you say that about Dion you know they they've started off two and oh yeah and everybody's overreacting to it you yeah. know 
I mean, like everyone, like, oh my goodness. But did He's, you really think they would be two and zero right now? Yeah, and Nebraska's been bad for a while. But they were one. They won one game last year, Clint, and they but, turned over eighty percent of the roster. But so every okay, but you know, I mean, Arkansas turned over what twenty five percent of it. If I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, you're you're looking at their starting quarterback at Colorado last year is playing for Arkansas State. How's that working out? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just they they won one game last year. They got rid of eight of those kids. Jordan Dominic starting for him. That linebacker. Yeah, I mean, you're saying, I mean, this this you know they've got talent on that team. The guys they brought in are good. I just TCU lost a bunch, um, bunch of players. They're they're good. I think by the time the season's over, Colorado's going to be seven and five, eight and four, somewhere in there. But you know, LeBron, um, Dion's going to get a lot of credit. I don't think I'm not buying the hop, is what I'm saying. Um, they're getting college game day in his third game, yeah. And it's Colorado State. How do you not do college game day against TCU because they thought they were gonna get blown out against TCU? It's he's got the if nothing else, he's got the eyes on that program. Oh, yeah, whatever they've paid him, it's, it's 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 been worth it. But that's the deal, Clint. They hired him. Without the money to pay him yet. Yeah. They believed that he was going to bring the money to pay his own salary. Yeah. That just having him there was going to bring in the ticket sales, going to bring in the hype train to pay his salary. So they hired him, offering him whatever he's getting paid without even having the money in the bank to pay him that. That, that to me, that, that was a marriage of the right university to the right player. And it's surprising that it's Colorado with Dion. I mean, that's just too a mix you'd never put together. No, I mean, you know? you, I mean, you really, everybody last year was thinking like, okay, let's just be honest. Everybody thought Mike Norville was going to be mediocre again, mm-hmm. mediocre four. And then they were going to get rid of him and they were going to bring Dion back to his alma mater. That's what yeah. everybody thought was going to happen. Yeah. That's what I mean. Or, you know, one of the other Miami, all the Florida schools, they figured he'd wind up in Florida. Mm-hmm. You never pictured him being at Colorado. No. It just wasn't one of them that made sense. And no. But it's been a nice marriage for the two schools. It has. Um, you know, I think I mean, if nothing nothing else, Dion showed that he knows how to recruit the transfer portal. He may, I don't know where his high school recruiting is, and it may not matter where his high school recruiting is. He may be exclusively um, a transfer portal. It's a matter of time before one of these college coaches just recruits pretty much, doesn't even pay attention to high school recruiting. Like, I don't I don't care about recruiting high school. I'm just yeah. going to recruit the portal. Well, well, and the other thing that people are forgetting about with Dion is he's got guys – He's got some good coaches around him that have developed players in the past and that are developing players now. Those guys are developing. Travis Hunter is developing. His son is developing at quarterback. He's not just – they're not just going out there and he's not just putting the superior athletes out there and just letting their athleticism do it. They are playing smart football 
And Dion is old school in a lot of the things he does. That's what everybody doesn't realize because he's so flashy. They think he's a new school guy. He's very old school in a lot of his training and a lot of the things he's doing, you know, off the, you know, behind the scenes, the way he handles his players, the way he gets them prepared, you know, and he's one thing I like about it too. He's, he's building leadership within those players. You know, he's instead of putting a captain deal, he's putting the, the L's and the D's leaders and the dogs on their, on their uniforms. And, uh, So he's doing some different things. It's good. All right. That's enough about Dion for now. We can maybe talk about that more later. Arkansas started out the season. We talked about it with Patrick Kudis a little bit. With Western Carolina. That game, we like I said, we, we didn't want to talk about it too much. We let kind of Patrick guide our conversation there. But I would say that game went about, you wish you would have scored a little more you wish you would have ran the ball a little more but otherwise it don't you think Clint it went about how we would expect it to go oh I would say so you'd want to run the ball better I mean Mm -hmm. everybody knows that but yeah the the Western Carolina game went exactly how the Western Carolina game if you scripted it that's about how you'd script it yeah so now coming into this week against Kent State now, Kent State's a bigger, well-known name than Western Carolina. We've heard the name Kent State more. Yeah. Maybe because that's where Nick Saban went. And, you know, that's, you know, Michael Turner. And, you know, we've we've talked about it a little more here. But Kent State was really in worse spot as a team than Western Carolina was. Kent State – if you had a model for why, if if there was somebody that if we were arguing in a room about why the transfer portal is bad, okay, you know, if it was good for why the transfer portal is good, you would bring Colorado up and you would have Dion in there pitching for them. If you wanted to know why it was bad for teams. Kent State may be your representative to show, okay? They lose their quarterback, their starting quarterback last year. He's now third string in California at one of the schools, um, like UCLA, I think. Yeah. They lose. They're replacing, was it all five linemen? Yeah. I think, offensive linemen. Um, they're replacing a bunch of people because they're good guys transferred out to bigger schools, you know, a lot of their better players. And so they were left with, you know, they maybe got some others from other schools, but really they're piecing together a team, new coach. And so the talk toward the end of the week last week, especially from people like Trey Biddy and, and some of those was like, we should beat this team worse than we did Western Carolina. Is that what you were hearing too? Yeah, I, I was hearing that. And, you know, it was like we had Coach Mullins on here a long time. We had him a long time ago. Um, and he's like, you know, this is an ugly part of the transfer portal that no one talks about. Mm-hmm. This kid from Kent State, he probably went to UCLA and they said, look, you know, we're replacing our quarterback. You've got a really good chance of starting here. Mm-hmm. 
And so the guy went from being like, you know what? I, I can not be a starter in the Mac. I can be a starter in the Pac-12. No, he's third string. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure he didn't go for the backup job. No. I mean, it just, I'm, I'm sorry. You just know they don't do that. But no, it, it, am I, I'm not freaking out, Travis, by any stretch of the imagination. Because here, the you know the difference in the two games was KJ was off. Throwing wise, yeah, yeah. K, KJ KJ was just KJ hasn't had many off games in his career. He had an off game. Now his receivers didn't help him out a lot. There were some miss passes, but yeah. Well, Tesla did. Yeah, Tesla made some good catches. Hey, that yeah, that, that guy. Wow. Yeah. No, we we hit in the portal on on Isaac Tesla. We knew that. And and Andrew Armstrong. Yeah. Two, two, two that is two solid hits that we got. But mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead, Travis. Let's carry on. No, um, well, first of all, let's 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 talk about the positives. Okay. And so let's talk about who our players of the game were. Let's just start. You want to start off with that? Yeah, I'll start off with you know. Here's the thing. I had I had to be somewhere Saturday night, so I got off work. You know, was able to watch about the first half of the game. Got in the car and listened to the second half. And so my player of the game is Chuck Barrett and Quinn Grovey. They do it. They 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 do it. They do an outstanding job calling the game. Yeah, you know it's when it's it, and let's not underestimate the spot that Chuck Barrett was in when he took over play call of duties. Yeah, because you you never want to be Ron Zook, and I always use Ron Zook as a middle because example because he followed Steve Spurrier. Yeah, it's hard to be the guy that follows the guy. Yeah, and I think me and you both wanted Scott Inman whenever we knew okay somebody's going to eventually play Paul. I wanted Scott Inman. Yeah, I did too. That's who I wanted. Um, and I don't remember like somebody called in Randy Rainwater asking if he wanted the job of one the year. And he's like, he's like, I want. He goes, Yeah, I'd love to have it, but I'm not going to get it. And he, I don't remember who he said he's going to give it to. So when Chuck Barrett started, you're kind of like, eh. yeah, Chuck was the he was the comfortable backup guy, but he wasn't. You know, he had that radio show in Northwest Arkansas. But mm-hmm. I've really grown to like it. Like you talking about, I've really grown to like him in this role. Yeah. I just think the timing never lines up to turn off the TV and listening. Like one yeah. of them is going to be faster than the other. And it's never, you're going to hear it. So it never, it never has worked for me. People say, just turn off the t- turn off the audio on the TV and let's do it yeah. all right. So it, just, it never, it never syncs up. Something's yeah. always a couple of seconds off, but um, he just does an outstanding job calling the game. Um, I'm I'm just and Quinn Groby, as good as Keith Jackson was, and Keith Jackson was great. It's nice to have a hog on there. Yeah, well, and Keith was funny. Yeah, and Keith was really funny when his son was playing, because he would say, you know, he'd talk about his son's weight. And he'd be like, you know, he'd say, yeah, he's, he gets that, you know, so many pounds moving pretty good. He said, but 
that was probably a couple of biscuits ago. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Or, or he's like, I want to up that boy's allowance, or you know, just make little jokes like that. But I, you're right, Quinn Grovey is top notch. He's you know, and he's been coming on uh the buzz some on a regular basis, and he's he does a good job on there. Uh do you know doing you know talking about different things and then he's got a him and Zimmerman have a podcast too that's uh that's really good they'll have some good interviews I well, know that's unique that's a unique player of the game that is a different one yeah but man for me they came through in the clutch yeah well mine also came through on his first play as a Razorback yeah. Antonio Greer with the pick six. This is a kid that I'd been hearing about in recruiting. You know, of course, he's a transfer guy, but I'd been hearing about him. Florida, correct? South Florida. Yeah, I believe South Florida. And uh, I'd been hearing about him and hear, hear him talking about him. And then they brought him out to talk to the press after you know one of the fall practices and man he just exudes confidence he's got you know he's just one of those guys and he won the press conference for me you know i mean he you know as far as as a player he just real confident guy and real real outgoing and you know talked about how he wants to be a leader and you know and now sometimes those guys i'm not saying he's going to be a leader you know, we know Pooh Paul is, you know, a leader. We, you know, we got that Spence kid that, you know, had the good, you know, had the interception return last week. Uh, you know, so we got some other guys that are doing some great things at linebacker. And I almost went with just the linebacker core. You know, it, it's funny that you say that because, like, literally, I was thinking about the linebacker core because that goal I stand, Pooh Paul had just a. Oh, the man. linebackers were blowing stuff up I on that. Yeah. Honestly, You're right. We could have went with just the linebacker core, but but I wanted to go with one player this time because I went with I went with the receivers last week, and so I didn't want to I didn't want to repeat that. So um, a repeat going. I wanted to pick one player, and just because I'm excited, Greer only had three tackles, but he had the pick six. Um, so I'm excited for what the future holds with him with him and Pooh Paul working together along with the rest of those linebackers. Cause you know, right now we may be having some disappointments with our offensive line, with our running backs and things like that. There is no disappointment in those linebackers. Those guys are, have been all positive so far. No, and, uh, and we haven't lost the thing. I feel like the entire defense, Travis, I yeah. really do. If nothing else, um, Man, this defense has not given up many points at all. Six six to Kent State. Now I'm not sitting here going, "Oh my goodness, we 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 held we held uh, Western Carolina to 13, and we held them to six. We're the 85 Bears." Yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that. No. But this is I, 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 this. Is a legit serviceable SEC defense. Yeah, we're yeah for what we were last year. What I'm seeing on the field so far is much better. Yeah, I mean, I don't. 
Are they going to be the best defense in the SEC at the end of the year? I I, I doubt it. Will they be top eight, nine? Probably. Upper now this half. week's going to be a big test. It is the next big- two weeks actually, but this week will be you know a little more of a test than what we've had. Now let's talk about this Kent State game. The thing that everybody's talking about, of course, is the offensive line play. In the post-game press conference, Trey Biddy sort of got the ire of of Sam Pittman. Got a little testy, didn't he? He he asked him, he said, well, he said, said, you know, no other team rotates their linemen like you do. You know, and Pittman just goes, okay. (laughs) <laughs> you can tell he wasn't real happy with it. And they were, of course, they were they were bantering back and forth a little bit today. So in the press conference and, and kind of uh, a little more lighthearted today. Whenever you said, hey, I'm jumping on. But, uh, yeah. Um, no, they did. It, but, you know, on the same time, is it smarter or is it dumb? In, in a way, maybe you're, you're, you're giving up a little bit of cohesion. But eventually the guys will get into a rotation, and I think they'll get used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the end of the day, you're probably trying to – you've got your top eight guys. Well, let's say you only play five of your top eight guys. Well, you're only going to have your top five guys next year because the other three are going to be playing at Kent State. Or they're going to go somewhere else they can play. It, it, it's – you're going to have to change the way you do things a little bit. And it's not always going to be pretty because that's just because we live in the transfer portal world. Yeah. Pittman is going to come out and say it. He ain't going to sit there and say, well, if I don't give Devin Manuel a couple of snaps at left tackle, he's going to transfer out and he's going to be a superstar for someone else. Yeah. He's going to come out and say that if I don't give to Crawford some snaps, mm-hmm. he's going to be playing somewhere else. Yeah. But that's the reality. That's the reality of college football people. Yeah. It just, I mean, whether anybody wants to say it or not, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. And part of it, I think part of it though, is they're just trying to find the right fit, but where it starts, Clint is, um, they're struggling with this quarterback center exchange. I have noticed that Pittman says it's not a problem in practice, but this is two games in a row where we've seen some errant snaps. And, you know, I, we've had Ricky Stromberg, what, the last three years at center? Yep. And I remember one bad snap out of him in three years. But remember the Ty Clary experiment before that? Yeah. When it, or when Stromberg couldn't a couple times? That was ugly. Yeah. Remember, because the ball floated back. Right, yeah. And the defensive ends were already to the quarterback by the time the ball got to them. Um, you got to get that figured out, whether that's putting Kudas back at, at center or whatever it takes. You got to get that center snap down. You got to have that better. Whatever it takes there, you got to get that. And I don't know if they make the – to me, you make the change now. If he's not able to get it, if if he's not able to get it in a game, then do something else. You you can't play with that. That's just not even that's not that's not even something you toy with. 
you get that change. I don't care if he is your strongest player, one of your leaders. You you get someone else that can get the daggum ball in the quarterback's hand where the quarterback's comfortable with it. Because, I mean, you know, you played center. That's huge. Not very well. Well, but that's huge. No, you know, no, it, it is huge. I mean, that, I mean, that's part of the reason I'll tell you that I never – I mean, there, was, there were a lot of people that were better than me on the team. Part of the reason I never played is he couldn't couldn't count on me not to snap it over the quarterback's head on a on a on a shotgun snap. It just I well, it's it's not even just that. It's how the ball gets to you. Yeah, you know, I mean, if if you watched Hard Knocks. Aaron Rodgers was having to, you know, the, the jet center was, you know, the jet center had made it to the daggum pros. Okay. He's, he's starting for the New York jets and Aaron Rodgers is having to tell him how to snap the ball correctly to not spiral it. Cause he doesn't like the spiral. Yeah. He wants it just floating back to him, you know, I mean, that's, you know, I mean that's that's a pro guy, you know, but that's the way quarterbacks I had, I had are. Spiral it. I couldn't ever. I couldn't see. That's the way I was too. I'd spiral it, but like Aaron Rodgers doesn't doesn't like it to spiral, so he doesn't want his centers to spiral it to him. You know, I mean, but that's the way quarterbacks are, and if you don't do it the way they want it, it messes up their rhythm a lot of times. And so that that's that's a huge deal. But then also just, you know, Sam Pittman talked about in the press conferences it wasn't just the linemen. There was the running backs were making some bad reads. They wasn't uh they wasn't being patient for the uh because they are running some of the you know, in the past they ran mostly zone blocking scheme. And and now they're running a little more uh what's it called trap and um yeah there's another word for it i can't pin remember pool. pin and pull stuff like that and in the pin and pull stuff sometimes you have to wait for your blocks to happen before you go in the zone blocking steam you just go and then you find the first crease and take it or you cut back against it okay um but in in the in in the pin and pull and all that stuff you're, you have to kind of wait for the, the blocks to happen, and then you take it when it happens. And they're not reading off that, especially Dominion, I think, had a hard time with that the other day. Well, I think that's on on, on Enos to also make some adjustments, maybe run a few more zone plays. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that's something your team is better at, um, then it's on, it's on the coaches to adjust. But I think a lot of people were panicking. Yeah, and I'm like guys, it's not that big of a deal. KJ had a bad game. Um, well, but the thing was too, though, Clint. The other thing is, and I was going to ask you this: for KJ to be the best KJ, I'm starting to believe he has to be a part of the running game. Agree. Yeah, and take hits. I think so. Every game that I've seen him, that he's, you know, he, he's wowed us in several games. Okay, there's been several games we're just like, that's K.J. Jefferson. Only K.J. Jefferson could do that. Yeah. It's games that he's gone out there, ran over someone early in the game, and then all of a sudden his throws are crisper. 
His decision making's better. Like it's once he gets that good hit, man, that good lick, it's like all of a sudden, boom, he's into the game. That's who he is. Yeah. Well, now that, that scares me because I don't want to get him hurt. But here's the thing. Pittman also says, because look, we had the greatest gift a team could ask for. And that's that we opened up with Western Carolina and Kent State. They opened up with two cupcakes and they got through them. But they didn't, but they they worked on some things, probably things they weren't that good at. They they didn't, you notice when they started running the whole offense and running KJ a little bit in the second half. Oh my goodness, we started running the ball. Yeah. They're going to start running the offense now. Well, and that's what Pittman said they did Saturday. He said, he said I looked at uh, Enos and I said, uh, or Enos, and I said, uh, I said let's let's just run the ball. Let's get this running thing down. Let's work on it. And they said, he said we're not catching the ball like we should right now anyway. So let's let's work on what we got to work on. And so that's what they did. And so they got game film, they got practice, as you're talking about. They, you know, and not only that, they're building up for another team that going into it, they should beat. Going into it, they should, they're favored by nine points or whatever it is now. They should go in. They beat them last year. They should beat them at home this year. They're favored. This is a game they should have in hand. So they're they're these three games are buildups, getting ready for that LSU game, which by the way, I think was announced today is going to be at six o'clock. Night game at Baton Rouge. Night game at Baton Rouge. The Cajuns will be lubed up and ready to rumble. They that will definitely be properly lubricated. That's right. But I don't know who who does LSU have this week. Well, they, sure. they had Grambling, so you got to wonder who who LSU and I know uh, BYU had Southern Utah, so that didn't tell you um, much. No. no, but um, I think you know, like I said, the big things they got to work on this week is you know they got to get the line solidified. Um, the passing game has to come back. I think. I think the passing game is going to be more important against this BYU team. Yeah. They they have Mississippi – LSU has Mississippi State at home this week. Oh, so that'll be a tough game. At Mississippi State, yeah. No, you yeah, – but I think you're going to start seeing the entire offense now. There, there, there's, yeah. there's, you know uh, – but – so I, I'm excited about seeing the entire offense with KJ as a running threat. You're gonna to have to defend everything now. You're not gonna be able to cue in on Rocket or AJ or yeah, um, that and um, I, I loved how Pittman was like he took the blame on that fourth down call deep in their in their own territory. Yeah, he just said you know what I know the analytics say go for it. The analytics say punt it. Yeah, I it and you know yeah. didn't throw the kids under the bus or anything like that like another coach would have done in the past. Well, they told me they'd make it, and like, nah. so it was yeah. not a bad call on my part. I'll yeah. So, but um, you know, but you've got you've got two tackles that starting right now that haven't played a lot of football. You got Kudis and Chambly. 
you know, mm-hmm. two starts under their belt. I don't know if Chambly got much playing time last year on the offensive line at all. No, not much. Uh, so, um, so I'm not panicking. I think these guys are going to keep getting better and keep getting better and keep improving and keep improving. Uh, I'm I'm not too concerned about that. And I think it just it, a lot of it's going to come with reps. And uh, they well, I can to- tell you though, there's a lot of fans that are panicking right now. Oh, well, there's, there's, there's a lot of them that are saying that, you know, Sam Pittman's supposed to be the offensive line guru. And here he is in the fourth year and he's really not proven anything with offensive line. Uh, that that's our weakness right now. And it is honestly, but just cause he's supposed to be the guru for that. Now he's the head coach of a whole team. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of glad that that the only thing we don't have, I mean, if all we had was a good offensive line and our defense stunk, you know, I mean, then we're going back to Bobby Petrino days. Bobby Petrino was a quarterback and wide receiver guy. You know, he was going to have good quarterbacks and wide receivers. Who cares if he got anybody on defense? You know, defense wasn't going to have anybody. Of course, he won some games that way, but he wasn't going to keep winning that way. Um. So, what's your uh what what do you think's going to happen this week with BYU? You think you think they can handle our defense? No, I I, I don't know. Our defense has got to it. Our defense is going to be good. You know, I, I mean, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I, I would picture something like a 35-17 Arkansas win. Yeah. I just think I just think we're better than than BYU. I'll tell you but, somebody that's impressed me a lot is uh well of course Jeff Cope was impressive this last week. Oh, yeah. You know, he wasn't he was kind of you know, didn't show up the first week much, but I'll tell you another one though is Jaden Johnson at safety. Has played really well, you know. He was a he's a big safety, and uh, he's he's done really well. He you know, he had, he had a down year last year, and uh, but this year he's really he's really shown up. I'm with you on the on the score there. I think that's somewhere close. Yeah, you know, I don't. I just don't. I, Arkansas defense is pretty good, and they they, they take a lot of seems like they take a lot of pride in what they do. Plus, they're getting pressure with the defensive linemen, including the defensive tackles. Anytime you can take a pocket and collapse it the way they're doing, yeah. good things is going to happen. Right. With, with the with the linebacker crew that we have, you're not just going to see a quarterback scoop through there and and go. Um, no, we got the, we got the speed to catch up with them now at linebacker. The speed and, uh, and the secondary is serviceable. Yeah. Um, I, you worry about when they get a little bit further deeper into the season. And I think that's one of the things that kind of they they trip. They they try. Pittman's like, guys, you're reading too much into this. He's like, you're trying to see what you have. Yeah. Well, these games, you're trying to see what you have, and like, what do you mean you don't know what you have? He's like, Look, we got starters. I, I know what I have in my starters. Yeah. But what you're worried about is when Jaden Johnson needs a break. Yeah. Like, who's that? Who's that two guy? And who's that three guy? Because that's an important difference. Yeah. Two guys are going to be coming in to spell the guy, and the three guy may like, hey, look, we're going to try to keep you four games and, and redshirt you. That's what they're figuring out. And that's well, you know, in that first game, it was kind of funny. 
but really Hudson Clark was the guy that was backing up everybody. Yeah. You know, they moved him around to several different positions, backing up the starters when they would sit out. Um, so that, that was interesting. Of course he ends up getting an interception in the whole deal. Um, but yeah, that was a, uh, that was, a, that was an interesting way to, to see it for sure. Um, what do you, what do you think about Bama going down to Texas? Ooh, you know, I didn't get to watch any of it. Yeah, I didn't either. It's real funny. I have Marco Polo and my friend Scott Lawson had sent me a Marco Polo. And, and two of the, and he said two things in that. He goes, number one, I don't think LSU's that good. Yeah. And so LSU, and he goes, he goes, I think they'll beat Florida State and everybody's going to, but they didn't even beat Florida State. Uh, yeah. I, so he didn't think, so he, he got that one right. The other one, he goes, look, he goes, he said this, he goes, I don't think Alabama's that good, especially at the quarterback position. He goes, what's going to happen is they're going to beat the brakes off of whatever cupcake they played week, week one. Milrow is going to have a decent game and everybody's going to think he is the heir apparent and the next great Alabama quarterback. Yeah. And then they're going to discover that he's not the great, he's not that they're in trouble at quarterback is what's going to happen. Yeah. And it was like, he was just telling a prophecy. I mean, there's yeah. other things on there. Like, Oh my goodness. It's right on. Yeah. It, it, Sark's recruiting really well at Texas. Yeah. He is recruiting really, really well. And Clan, what's scary is he's recruiting SEC top players. He and I think coaching under Nick Saban helped him this in coaching as an offensive coordinator at the SEC has really helped them. I think the experience he got he's got from uh from Washington and out yep. of the past twelve. Was he an SEC? Am I am I getting that right or am I? He was under uh he was under Saban, yeah. Okay. Well, I can't remember where all he'd been. But he's at a couple schools in the in the Pac 12. Well he was at well he was at USC and he remember he was Okay. So Washington and USC. That, those were the two yeah. that he was back there. I remember he got sure. in tr- he got in trouble because he was right. showing Alpha. up to practice his drunk and stuff. Yeah, games yeah, I, drunk I, I stuff. So but you know, he's recruited well. I mean, Quinn Ewers was a five-star quarterback. He's got freaking Arch Manning sitting on the bench. Yeah. I mean, and how about that? Because you know he's been under a lot of pressure to play him. Yeah. Just because of his name. Right. And But the way his starter's playing, you can't, you know, you can't even play him. You can't bench, you can't bench Quinn Ewers when he's no. doing this. I mean. No. Now I did uh, before before this before before we started this I said you, we and I asked you this question and we'll talk about it when it comes time. Yeah, has Georgia taken over the top dog spot in the SEC from Alabama? Yeah, football. Yeah, I think so. I I I, I I'm with you. I just every year we went into it expecting Alabama to win the national championship. They're going to be there at the end. Yeah. If LSU, I mean, Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC title game, Georgia's going to be favored. Yeah. I think Georgia's just, they've done it through recruiting. Um, and I think, and I think, and they're just winning the recruiting battles right now. 
especially at the quarterback area. I think I think that's that's just I think that's what just what's happening, and they're developing those guys too. I mean they 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 develop Stetson Bennett in a lot of ways. You know Carson Beck, you know he said he, he's biding his time and he's been patient. Yeah, that, but that's going to become a rare and rare thing with the transfer portal. Yep, you're up. It's going to become like well I'm not starting in a year or two. Um, I'm going to just transfer down. And you look at some of these guys, they even transferred down in the portal. Look at Malik Hornsby. He's a backup. He went from being the backup at Arkansas to being the backup at Texas State. Yeah. Because they brought in another guy out of the transfer portal that beat him out. I mean, it's just. Yeah. It's 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 a weird, weird, weird world of college football. But yeah. It was good to be two and zero. I know it ain't as it does. It ain't as pretty as we thought it was going to be. Um, but I, I'll take a I'll take a pretty win over a I mean an ugly win over a pretty loss any day. That's right. Well, Clint, one other thing that we didn't talk about this, but okay. Uh, uh, today is as we're recording. Uh, today is nine eleven. Where were you? I was at work at Arkansas Air Incorporated. I remember Sorry, yeah. um, I remember the guy with a truck driver came in. Said, Man, two two bill two planes just flew in the World Trade Center. And I was like, What? You know, internet really wasn't a thing. Texting no. wasn't really a thing. No. Um, the, I mean, you just didn't communicate the same way that you do now. And it was just it, it was weird to turn on the news and this is the first time I remember, like, they just stopped showing everything. They stopped showing – TV stopped. Yeah. And it was just – it was like just the news nonstop. And the Everyone was showing some connection to a national news. So, like, yeah, it, it, it was like just, cable, cable stations were showing CNN, yeah. you know, like the TBSs and all that. Yeah. Um, like MTV was showing CBS News. I mean, it yeah. was – it, it it was just it was a, it was a weird time and I you know you didn't fully comprehend it. Um, since then, I think me and you both went to visit the site. I haven't. I haven't. I, I my last trip to New York, I did. I went out there. It's pretty. It's pretty humbling experience. Um, I was uh, I was managing Game Time Sports at the time, yeah. and uh, for the Hawks there, Conway. And, uh, you know, we opened at nine and I was finishing up my cereal and I had turned the TV on and I was on ESPN and it cut over to, uh, or I may have turned it on news. I may have been watching news. I don't know. But anyway, whatever it was, I turned on TV and all of a sudden they're showing the first tower got hit. And at that time they didn't know that it was, a commercial right. jet. Right. They yeah. thought they said some kind of airplane. And I think I can't remember if they were thinking it or maybe just me thinking it, that it was probably some small plane, you know, somebody just, right. you know, messed up or, or committed suicide or something, you know? And then, uh, and then as they're talking, you know, keep going, keep going. And then all of a sudden here comes the second plane. And, uh, 
you know, by this time, I think I'd gone up to the store. Of course, we, you know, we wasn't that busy anyway as a, you know, as a weekday. And, uh, of course, I had the little TV back there, you know, that we would watch, you know, Rufus had for us to watch sports on and stuff. And we had it on. And anybody that came in, they were just there to drop something off, you know, usually like rent checks or something. And then yeah. we just sat around watching the TV. Like, I, I don't think I sold an item that day because people wasn't just, they wasn't shopping. I mean, it was. Yeah, I think everybody kind of just went home that night and was just like numb. And then all, all those rumors started about gas prices. You remember that? That, yeah. that that we wasn't going to be able to get gas that they were going to shut mom got gouged didn't she i got gouged okay. because i happened to be like less than a quarter of a tank like i mean i was like an eighth of a tank left of gas in my little dodge truck i drove in yeah and so i went over like into west conway to hogan lane to the gas station there i thought i'd get away from downtown, get away from the most people or whatever. And I still waited like two hours in line and paid like six bucks for gas. And uh, of course at that time it was less than $2, you know, yeah, for gas. And uh, anyway, it was, it was kind of neat today to, I was subbing in a junior high and high school class. And of course none of those kids were alive. And so I would, uh, I would talk to him a little bit about, you know, how things have, you know, what had happened and everything. It was, uh, uh, it was, it's, it, it was intense, man. It was an intense time. It was, it was definitely something that, uh, I never want to see again for sure happened to our country or any country, to be honest with you. Um, it was a tragic, tragic time, but, um, Thankfully, we live in a country that has come back well from it, and uh, and there's still, of course, there's still issues and all that kind of stuff, but we'll stay away from those. Yeah. We'll just talk football. <laughs> yeah, we ain't trying to solve the world's problems. We're just trying to get Sam Pittman to listen to us, get a little bit better. That's right. <clears throat> no, I'm not, but I think the long and short of it is don't panic yet. Don't panic. It's going to be That's all right. right. We're two and oh, baby. These hogs are two and oh. Um, Chad Morris would have figured out how to lose them games. That's now, right. Hey, how funny was it that the Clemson lost to Duke and everybody immediately blamed Chad Morris? That's right. That was so good. <laughs> he's like, he's like Dabo's coffee boy. Yeah. Um, that he's like the, the assistant to the head coach or something like that. But that, but you know, here's the thing. And this, I'm gonna get up on tangent here, but one thing you know, everybody's criticized Sam Pittman, you know, or Trey for rotating lines. Yeah, he gets it. I think when it comes to like, if I don't play these guys, they're going to transfer. If I don't give them what they've earned, they're going to transfer. Yeah. Whereas you have Dabo, who's not in NIL, doesn't like the transfer portal. You you got to adapt with the times, and the game's going to pass you by. Yep. And that's what's happening to Dabo. And he won't end up taking Saban's place at Alabama the way he's doing. Cause that's where you got to give to Saban. At least Saban is trying. Saban doesn't like it. He's outspoken about the stuff he doesn't like, but he's doing it. 
because he knows he's got to do it to compete. Yeah. You know, Dabo is, I ain't going to do it. You don't do it, you lose to Duke. <laughs> that's, that's the way it happens. It, it really does. And so that's what I'm saying. You've got to adapt to the time, the yeah. games. There's going to be some things change, and I think that may be one of them. I think the yeah. days just playing – I could be wrong. The next game, next game, they could, they could line up Chambly, Limmer, Latham, Braun, Kudis, and then five play the entire game. Yeah, but I doubt it. I, I doubt you. I doubt you'll see that all all year long. Actually, I I disagree with you. I think we'll end up seeing that unless somebody's just playing bad. Um. Well, one of I think the, they're I think they're going to settle in with somebody. Yeah, um, one of us is wrong, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, because I, I don't I don't think um, I don't know I just I don't think they'll I, I think they're going to settle in and and decide to stick with uh with who they got, and uh, I think it'll be. It'll be back to the original starting five they were gonna do. So well, somebody's paid a lot more money than us to make those decisions. Yep, that's true. Well, big T made it through another one, my man. Made it through another one, Clint. And uh got any big plans this week? Anything exciting? And with the uh, farm. I built um I built a, a a cinder block pit and me and a buddy are gonna we're going to do a whole hog smoke on it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but we're getting, we're going to fire, we're going to smoke like three or four things. Just kind of get a little practice in on it. Oh, cool. Do that so like the center block pits, like they do on the, on the, the contest on. Yeah. I TV got, shows me, I got like a panel, got like a sheet panel, laid it, laid it out, got me some rebar. Yeah. So I've got a nice. We'll see how it goes. I'm That'll be go. cool. Well, man, I got to tell you real quick, you know, my, I got this, I got this tusk here. Okay. Yeah. That my uncle did. And, uh, my uncle did, you know, he did wood carving stuff. He was big into that. And he, uh, he did a lot with cedar, you know, like, you know, making boxes and ornate type stuff and things like that. Well, you know, he passed away a few months ago. Well, my, it was my mom's twin brother. Well, my other uncle had, he had some little bowls and boxes and containers and stuff along with this tusk deal that my uncle sent down to my mom. Well, my mom's living in an assisted living place here in Fordyce and the Dallas County fair was going on. And some people where she lives at was entering some arts and craft type stuff in the Dallas County Fair. Well, she thought, well, I'm going to enter some of my brother's woodworking stuff in it. Well, she entered like three of his things and all three won blue ribbons at the Dallas County Fair. Oh, wow. So Mama and Uncle Jim are taking over Dallas County Fair Count those three blue ribbons. The Dallas County Fair, baby. Taking right. over. 
Dallas County Fair didn't know what was coming for it till my hillbilly of an uncle did some sweet carvings and showed them how it's done. Anyway, no, it was cool. She was excited to show off his work because he was a creative guy and uh, did a lot of neat stuff. Well, folks, like, share, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your best friends. Tell your sorry, no good friends. Tell your friends that smell funny, the ones that smell good. Tell them to. They deserve to know about this podcast. People you know, people that you spend time with, deserve to know that there's a podcast with two cool dudes like us, right? Coolest. Coolest dudes around, okay, out there, and they need to be filling their ears and their eyes with it. So let them know about it. Let them know it's on YouTube. It's on Apple. It's on Google. It's on Amazon. It's on Spotify. It's anywhere in the world you would want to find a podcast. We are there. We are there. That logo is there. Big C, that guy right there is there. I'm there. Me, bigger T. I'm there. Drinking our water and living life. So you should tell people about it. Tell them all. Let them know. Let them know it's good. It's good. It's happy. It's positive. That we're not we're not the kind of fans. We're not we're not looking for the sad stuff all the time. Oh no, no. Even when the hogs may not win as pretty as we want. That's all right. It's okay. It's all right. We're pretty enough for them. Yeah. They they don't need no more pretty. We got the pretty take care yeah, of. You take care of the pretty, you take care of the ugly wins. <laughs> That's right. Seriously, folks, like, share, comment. We're always thankful for anybody that listens and watches. Uh, you are uh, a blessing to us for sure. And uh, have a great week. Bye, and, everybody. Uh, always remember. Sweat. One. Filthy. Dirt. Harvest. Hurt. Kingdom come. When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no more till I hurt Cry in your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Mama told me if I don't Ain't nothing gonna change These prayers breaking up hard rhyme So I can sow the seed In a friend of no and pain, Lord knows I gotta follow his lead, that's why I swear, when I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt, won't see no more, till I hurt, cry in your kingdom come, oh, I swear, when I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt, won't see no more, till I hurt, cry in your kingdom come. So hard, I can barely breathe. 